an epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. This is a podcast called 25 Whistles Talking Football. So yeah, it's stupid, but what did you expect? It's a podcast called 25 Whistles. 25 Whistles. Presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings app and use the code BOBBYSPORTS to get in on the action. And all the bells and whistles there. All right, let's all blow us in. Here we go. One, two, three. All right, warm-up question. Any sport, any age. What was your jersey number, and why did you pick it? Any sport, any age, your jersey number. Uh, let's go to kickoff Kevin first. Uh, when I was younger, played a lot of baseball. I wore number five for Nomar Garciaparra. Wow. Yeah, my favorite player. When I was a kid, I played shortstop. I would do the whole, uh, you know, you would have the hands with the gloves and do that. Whatever he did, I would act like I was doing the same thing up there. And uh, I was <laughs> I was. About this, just as good as him, but just at a younger age, you know. I like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Number, I was number seventeen in baseball for Mark Grace, my favorite player. I played first base. I'm left-handed. He was the first baseman for the Cubs. Uh, so all of my baseball career, which went to eighteen, and then it ended before I could get paid. <laughs> uh, football was eighty-nine as a, a slot receiver uh, because my older cousin, who I didn't know that well, was eighty-seven. And I was like, oh, I have eighty-seven, please. I was like five years younger, so I thought he was so cool, <laughs> and he was a really good tight end at a big school. And they were like, we don't have it. I was like, what's the closest thing? 87, I'll take it. That was it. Okay. That's it. So that was me. Eddie? I was 21, played football in high school, and I it, it got 21 because I wasn't good. They gave me the helmet. I was a receiver. They gave me the helmet with the freaking bar right down the middle, like a lineman helmet. And number 21, I'm like, guys, give at least give me an 80-something. And now I got stuck with 21, and I got to play receiver as number 21. They're like, well, just let it slide. Go if ahead. If you played receiver now as 21, you'd be really good. Yeah. Yes. They, don't, they won't give that to a receiver unless they can also – uh, catch out of the backfield or slot yes, or have. Yeah. But when we were playing, yeah. twenty one was like a defensive. Like, well, if a you safety. get that bar that goes down your nose line, <laughs> you ain't oh much God, of a receiver because you can't see. <laughs> yeah, because the big bar. Uh, Mike D. As this may surprise you, I did not play any sports as a kid, as a teenager, so I had no number. 
We got to get him a number. Right. <laughs> yeah, we got to get him a number yeah. and put him in something. We, <laughs> we still, sign him up. Yeah. <laughs> Let's take pictures. <laughs> yeah, we got a trophy, pictures, the whole thing. Yes. We also got to get him a massage. Yeah. I've been oh, out of yeah. town a lot, but he's never had a massage. So I'm going to get him a massage. Unless you just really don't want to do it. I would do it for the experience. He's never had a massage. And we asked him why not. Because you don't want to have your shirt off. Don't want to have my shirt. I just don't really like anybody working on me. I don't even like getting a haircut. That's weird. Wow. That whole process is just awkward to me. Well, a massage is way more awkward and intimate than a haircut. I w- if you really want to do it as either a bit because you think it's worth it or because you just want the experience, I will follow through with this, but I don't want you to feel pressured to do it if you're really uncomfortable. I'm not that uncomfortable. I'll do it for the sake of the bit. Okay, because that's something. If you do... If you do want to do it for the sake of the bit, I will allow that. I've done a lot of things for bits that I'm like, I don't <laughs> yeah. like it. But if it's against what you stand for. No, or I don't not stand for it. Okay. Then I will still do it. We got to get him in a sport. Yep. Yeah. We, <laughs> we're really going to sign him up though, right? Like he's going to play well, somewhere? Well, it can't be a whole league because then he's got to actually go play and he may miss the show. But maybe it's a maybe it's even like a, a charity softball game where cool. he gets a jersey and a number. He's, the guy's never had a number. Yeah, you need a number, dude. Wow, we got to get him something. Uh, okay, thanks, guys. Uh, let's go over. And we have a, a jingle for this. We do. Did Reed do another jingle? He did. I have not heard this. Let's hear the tittle tattle jingle. It's time for the tittle tattle. It's time for. <laughs> Okay. That is amazing. Okay. That is okay. fantastic. It's like amazing. a three-minute song. It's going to go number one on Spotify. <laughs> yeah. Climbing up the charts. Okay. It's now time for the Tittle Tattle. Five questions from Kickoff Kevin, who you can follow at Kickoff Kevin on Instagram. All right, Kickoff Kevin, what do you got? All right. The Steelers name Mitch Trubisky as the starter for week one. I don't think it's going to last, so I'm putting the over-under at five games that Kenny Pickett replaces him. Are you taking the Ooh. over or the under? Remember, if anybody disagrees... You can blow the whistle. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go over. I think, listen, I like Mitch Trubisky. I think in Chicago, bad things happened, as they often do in Chicago, and that continued to build, and he was in a no-win situation, and he also wasn't playing wonderful. And you, I think he was in the same classes with Mahomes or – Yeah, and Deshaun. Yeah, and, and all the – and so that was always held over his head yeah. because he got picked before – Before all Yeah, of them. not even the same, yeah. but, but picked before them too. Yeah, yeah. And so – I think he's actually going to be pretty okay. I'm not going to say pretty good, but I'm going to go over five games because I like him. They're paying him. And I think it's great that Pickett gets a whole year, hopefully. I think they want Pickett to have a whole year being the backup because not having to play, that's a, that's a really good thing. That means the team's doing okay, and he can learn without having to be just baptized by fire. There's a difference with learning how to fight fires and being tossed in the middle of it and having to learn how to escape the fire yeah. and then learn how to put it out. So I'm going to take the over. Okay. Hopefully he doesn't have to play at all this season. That, that's a hope. All right, next. All right, for the first time since 2007, there will be no rookie starting QBs in the NFL. We know that's not going to last all season. So if you had to pick one rookie to start first, who will it be? I think we have to remember, though, that this was not a good rookie class of quarterbacks. No. So I don't know. It's hard to remember. Other than, <laughs> than Pickett, who... Yeah. I'm not going to pick them because they ha- actually have a pretty good quarterback ahead of them. So if I'm thinking what would be – like you can't predict injuries, but if I'm going to predict an injury, 
I would predict it on someone who gets injured, and that would be like a Carson Wentz, so like Sam Howell in, mm. in Washington. Probably not the most ready, but I mean, what do I know? I don't, I don't see him practicing. But Wentz is known to get hurt, even for a couple weeks at a time. So I would probably go Sam Howell if I'm picking one quarterback to play. You know, Malik Willis at times looks just uh, wowzers in, in preseason with the Titans, but they don't want him to play this year. They've got Tannehill. They would love for him to sit a whole year because things are going well with the Titans and then come in maybe in, maybe even in two years. You know, that's per- So, I'll, yeah, I'm going to go with the Commanders. Okay. It's also still weird to think of them as the Commanders. I know. Yeah. Oh, uh, there's a whistle, Eddie. I, I got you on this. Go I, I think the, I'm going to go with the Falcons because they have Marcus Mariota, who hasn't started in I don't know how That's many years. That's a good years. one. I like it. And I they like got it. they got that kid from Cincinnati as a backup. So I feel like they're going to find out very quickly that Marcus – he just lets us down every year. So I feel like they're going to f- figure it out pretty quick that Marcus Mariota is not going to be the starting quarterback in, and they're going to let this kid from uh, Cincinnati, who they just drafted, take over. That's a good one. Uh, what's his name, Desmond Kevin? Ritter. Desmond yeah. Ritter. Yes. That's a good one, dude. I like that. Thank you. That's probably number two. Yeah. You know, I mean, dude, the Falcons are just going to be so interesting to watch. Like, what are they going to do with that squad? I hope Mariota plays well. I do, too. And I think he has the potential to actually play pretty well. You know, he, he didn't play consistent in Tennessee. So then he goes to the Raiders, doesn't play a lot, plays in short and goal line situations and runs a little mm. bit. But he was drafted for a reason, really high, because he has skill set or potential. And obviously, they wouldn't have grabbed him. He's a bridge player. Let's let's not kid ourselves. He's a bridge player, but I don't think they wanted that bridge to be four weeks. Yeah, <laughs> I think they wanted the bridge right. to be hopefully be a year. Yeah, yeah. I think that's probably the goal there. Yeah. But okay, who would you rather have starting for you, Tua or Marietta? Oh, Tua. I, I know how good Tua is. I mean, Tua has just been, we've been dealing with injuries, so we haven't had a really good full season of Tua. Hopefully he's healthy this entire year and we can finally see what Tua is going to do in the NFL. What do you think about that kickoff, Kevin? <sighs> I'm not as convinced as Eddie when I say Tua. This is kind of the make or break it year for Tua, right? Yeah. I mean, if we're still talking yeah, about... Because he's got weapons galore. Yeah, and he's got my, uh, McDaniel as a coach now, so there's no more excuses. If it doesn't go this year, then, then we're going to say, okay, he's another Mariota. So I would say Tua right now, but I wouldn't be surprised in a few years from now. Yeah, same question. And it's like, yeah, it's a toss-up. So it's close to you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, li- I actually like Tua a lot. Yeah, I did too. He, he kind of gets a, uh, a minus because of his arm strength. I think his arm strength's fine. It's not great. It's not above average. for. I think it's an average arm. Yeah. But he can do things, we think, that other quarterbacks can't do, especially with his feet. So I like Tua, and he has the weapons. Listen, wide receiver, a tight end. I mean, he's in, in the offensive guru. So uh, I I would go with Tua as well. I just wondered that. I hope, I hope the Falcons win. I do. I'd love to see, I'd love to see Marietta win. I'd love we'll to see, see that. Awesome. All right, next question, Kevin. All right, which revenge game are you looking forward to the most? Baker versus the Browns or Russell Wilson at Seattle? I'm ready to see Baker versus everybody. Yes. I'm ready to see Baker kill everybody. <laughs> you love him. I love Baker Mayfield. <laughs> Hated him at Oklahoma. Like, I just... Wished he would just disappear from the landscape of sports, but then got a DM from him once going, Hey, I'm a big fan, listening to Lake Travis. I was going, to, <laughs> I was like, Baker Mayfield, I love you, man. <laughs> and then I would start to pay more attention to him as a player. He played hurt last year, probably shouldn't have. When he was not hurt, look what the Browns did. First time in years, 
I love Baker. I, Baker versus everybody. But so I go Baker <laughs> versus it. the Browns. Love the interesting it. thing though is Baker versus the Browns and Russ versus Seattle are it's these guys versus teams with no quarterback. Like they're such he- yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. So they're both favorites. So it's not even like we're watching it to see, oh, I wonder who wins. We're watching it to go, I wonder if they're so angry and they play really well. Because they they both should win. Like they should beat the Browns. Yeah. Yeah. The Panthers should beat the Browns. Yeah. And they should be everybody should beat Seattle. Yeah. Every, like our team can beat Seattle. A- everyone Mike gets a number and we show up and beat yeah. Seattle. <laughs> yeah. What were you gonna say about that, Kevin? No, I was gonna say, I mean the the Seahawks um will probably get spanked by the, the Broncos this week. By everybody else in the NFC West too. That's Seahawks quarterback. I was surprised. Oh. I was surprised with who they picked over there yeah. because last year he just could not throw. But I'm not the coach. What the crap do I know? Yeah, right, exactly. I just do a podcast called 25 Whistles. <laughs> yeah, it's stupid. And I we all want it. Oh, oh, he's doing it again. Let's oh, go. Let's go. go. Because you love Baker, and I yeah. get it. And I have nothing against Baker. But I want to see Russell Wilson go stick it to Seattle. Like, you know I that, agree. that he's been so pissed at Seattle. For what, though? But well, for, he for admitted they tried to trade him again. Yeah. There was a story yesterday. He's like, yeah, they tried to trade me once before. I think 2018. 2018, yeah. Go back there and stick it to him. And I can't wait to see it. I mean, dude, Russell has all the weapons. He's going to do so good in Denver, and I can't wait to see it. I hope he does well. You know, I think people are saying his skill set has diminished. And he's like, no, it hasn't. Mm-hmm. I'll show you. Yeah. He's like, no, he had a hurt hand. He probably, again, talking about injuries coming back too early. I would even put myself into this. Uh, with this job, being sick or... And I'm like, you know, I'm just going to go in and, and, and do the show because I feel like that's what I'm supposed to do. But then doing that probably keeps me from getting healthier, quicker, long-term. Does the show benefit? I don't know. But Russ, Russ comes back with a bad finger, right? Yeah. Back, Look at yeah. this. Mm-hmm. Didn't play well. Yeah. And I think that hurt him. So skill set diminished. Maybe playing with a bad hand. Uh, same thing with, with Baker. Goes in and his shoulder dies. And they're like, yo, look at Baker, he sucks. He's like, I'm playing with one wing here. So I also, both games are pretty exciting. Yeah, they're both going to be really good. I think Russ in Seattle, I think he'll get a really uh, positive reception because he gave that city a lot, and that city gave him a lot. What, two Super Bowls, one win? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And And contending every year. Yeah. I mean, they were in it every year. And the city of Seattle and Russ, they have a good relationship. Oh, Russ yeah. is that, mm-hmm. So they'll, they'll, they'll warmly welcome him, and that'll be really cool. And then hopefully he kills him. By the second quarter, they'll be like, yeah, we don't like him <laughs> oh, anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're good, we're good. All right, Kevin. All right. Uh, which QB has the most approved in week two in college football? Clemson's DJ Ui Ungalele or Oregon's Bo Nix? Bo Nix is just dead. Yeah. I, that was a bad, I mean, I don't know what Bo Nix is going to do. Uh, I don't even know, think that Bo Nix, that's tough. So I think it's DJ just because he's got a guy right behind him now. They're going. Oh, my gosh. He's so good. Yeah. They're going. It, this is Oklahoma with with Caleb Williams. Me, but with Spencer Rattler and yeah. Caleb Williams. And yeah. they're like they're like yelling, Caleb. And, but Spencer Rattler was a, I don't know, it's still similar as I talk myself into it. Yeah. That's a good comparison. I like that, actually. Because they want this kid. But I think DJ, because he came in so, he came into that program, Clemson. He's Clemson's guy. He was the guy that was coming in to place, replace Trevor Lawrence, uh, Heisman. I still think he can play really well. I think he's got the most to prove because I think that team has the most that they can win. They can still win the national championship. Yeah. But I'm scared they're going to replace him. Listen, Bo Nix may not even keep that job in Oregon, but what's Oregon going to do? They got beat 100 to nothing. It's going to be almost impossible for them to get into a 14 playoff unless they run the table and also kill people. That's going to be tough, though. Getting embarrassed, yeah. Georgia yeah. like that. 
It was even if they got beat by 21 points, I'd be like, okay, of course, everybody gets beat by 21 points. But that was really ugly. It was so ugly that that's going to be held against them. Yeah. All season because it was so ugly quick, and yeah. it could have been a lot uglier. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they weren't even fighting. Bonex looked awful. Awful. He looked. But again, <laughs> everybody looks bad against Georgia. But yes, but still, he looked really bad, including DJ last year. Remember yeah. that, that home opener? Yeah. All right. What else? All right. Uh, a couple big matchups this week in college football. Which one are you most excited for? Baylor at BYU, Kentucky at Florida, or Tennessee at Pitt? was looking at the entire schedule, and there aren't a lot of great games, which usually there aren't in weeks one and two. All three of these games are awesome. Yeah, they're yeah. going to be good. And I'll tell you which one in a second, but Baylor at BYU, I could give a crap about either one of those teams personally, but that's going to be an, just a – that's going to be a game. Yeah. Like, they're going to – there's going to be a lot of points scored. BYU, are they as good as – People are making them out to be, I hope not. Arkansas's got to play them later this year. That makes me nervous. We have to go to Provo and play them. But that's, BYU and Baylor is going to be super cool. Uh, Kentucky and Florida, I think Kentucky's going to win that game. I'm the only one in the whole world, by the way, and I realize. I also say Home Alone is not a Christmas movie, so I get it. I'm okay with being a contrarian. But I'm not for just the sake of being a contrarian. I think Kentucky wins that game. It's in the swamp. That's tough. But I think Kentucky is a better team. And then Tennessee and Pitt – where Pitt, they're a good team, and Tennessee ha- is a team with supposedly a lot of potential this season. See what Hooker can do at quarterback mm-hmm. against a defense that's pretty good. But I'm going to go Kentucky at Florida for two reasons. I'm most excited to see if Florida, who wasn't supposed to do anything, was that a fluke? Was, you know, Utah not as good as people had, pro- had propped them up to be? And if they can whoop Kentucky, I'm like, all right, they're a player. But I, I, that game, I'm really looking forward to the most. That Florida quarterback is so good. I like one game. I, I know it's one. But game, I but agree. What, yeah, he's Even, so good. Right. He hadn't. He didn't play much. There, we hadn't seen much of him until this year. But he already had Heisman talk about him because of his potential. Yeah. Right. So I'm gonna roll a whistle, just because uh, I, I really want to see Pitt because I am starting to believe this Pitt team. Uh, they came. They came off a really good win. Uh, Tennessee is barely hanging on to the top 25. I think Pitt could win this game. They're at home. The energy at home was amazing last week over at Pitt. And, dude, th- this quarterback that they got from USC is so good, I am starting to believe that Pitt could be a contender this year. And if you look at their schedule ahead, too, dude, they could run for the yeah. next five or six weeks. Well, it was like Clemson, too. Or not Clemson, but Cincinnati. If they could have beat Arkansas, they ain't playing anybody else the whole yeah. year. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> just these two weeks they got to get through. The, I'm going from memory. Didn't Pitt beat Tennessee last year? Can someone look that up? Oof, I do not. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like it was the or maybe they played. Maybe so. I do. It feels like maybe it was close. They beat them last year. Pitt beat Tennessee. Yep. I thought okay. so. Uh, in Tennessee, right? In Knoxville, yep. yeah. Okay. Wow. And now this is in 34. Yeah. Nice. Lock it up, Eddie. Lock it up. I mean, I, well, they're not the favorite, right? I think Tennessee's the Tennessee favorite. Is, yeah. yeah. So I mean, I think Pitt will one win this game, and why not cover it? Just bet it. That's cool. Uh, okay, there you go. Mike, can you play? Is there something to play to close it out, or we just do we just be awkward and we move just on? close it out? Uh, that's uh, it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Kevin. Yeah. All right, who is America's favorite NFL team? That's the question. You know what it is. Well, I know who your favorite NFL no, team is. No, America's. Man. You know whose it is. Do you still think it's the Dallas Cowboys? Absolutely. Bones, if you go to an airport on a Sunday, like, and I just picked the airport because I've seen it, people love to wear their jerseys, especially but you, like— But I think it's if you get, like, a Hyundai— 
and you're like, I got a Hyundai, and you no. see other Hyundais driving around because you have one. There think- are two teams that I always see lots of jerseys for, and it's the Green Bay Packers for some weird reason, a lot of Aaron Rodgers jerseys, and the Dallas Cowboys still, and I love it. Dallas Cowboys are still America's team, and I, I mean, they're not good. They've proven that they haven't been good in years, but they're still America's team. Who do you think is America's favorite team? I think right now, and this isn't just going off of what just happened, but I think the Bills are America's team right now. I From think, last night. They yeah, all voted again this morning. <laughs> he changed his I mind I think everybody night. is all over the Bills because they're a fun fan base. They haven't been good in a while. Josh Allen is a freak, and I think America's all on it. If, you don't, if your team isn't like a rival of them, I think you're jumping on that wagon. Well, the last two teams, give you the last two first, that, that America doesn't give a crap about. Not hate, what? just no interest at all. In last place is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, yep. figured that. Who do you think's next to last? That America doesn't care about the Jets. I would say because it's not hate; it's no, no interest at all, which is even worse than hate. The Texans <laughs> could be. I, I mean, I have the answer. Okay, so it's not but the, the Jets. Jets or the Texans? It'd be tough because they're they're in a they're New, New York, York market, yeah. and if you're just in a big big city, it's tough for people not to care. But I think since the Giants are there, it splits it so much, and there are way more Giants fans than there are Jets fans. The answer is Tennessee Titans. Oh, small really? market. Haven't really done a lot. You huh. know, not- hey, what was it? What did you call them as? They're the what? America's what? Well, least favorite. The least last two. Favorite. Mm-hmm. The America's the least least favorite team. And it's crazy. They made the playoffs like the last few years. And they're the best running back of the last five <laughs> <Yeah>. years. <laughs> and people still don't like them. It's not that they don't like them. They don't care. There's a difference. Yeah. Because if there's hate for something, that means there's passion on the other side too. Like passion has the opposite of that coin. As well, right. always. I see what you're saying. So, but yeah, okay. Top ten teams at number ten: the New Orleans Saints, and number nine: the Bucks, and number eight: the Chiefs, seven: the Patriots, six: the Giants, five: the Niners. Here we go. Here come the Cowboys. Oh god. Four: the De- uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> <laughs> you suck. I thought Pittsburgh might be up there in the top yeah. one or two. Yeah, there yeah. are a lot of Steelers jerseys, they, and yeah. they are they're a passionate bunch. Yep. The Packers at three. Hmm. Who so, the Cowboys are in the top two. Yeah. Who do you think the other team is though? Because we've mentioned all these, America's favorite team. You said the Bucks, and they were top ten, right? But mm, I'd go Patriots. Well, no, they were seven, seven, right? Oh, yeah. you already said that. Uh, the the Chicago eight. Bears are at two. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, duh. Okay. And I would imagine that's a lot of holdovers from like the eighties. <laughs> They've just been around from forever. the fridge. Yeah, <laughs> they're like, man, Walter Payton. Yeah, McMahon. They're like, I remember when Jim Harbaugh used to actually play. Yeah. Uh, Dallas Cowboys number one still. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Dallas Cowboys at nine percent, but the Bears were a close second at eight point five. Then the Packers and Steelers were at six percent. I mean, the Cowboys are just so entertaining. Like even no, la- you just think that because they're your favorite. I'm not yeah, entertained dude. by them. Why are they? Why? I'm saying, like, even last night, what team, what game were they talking about last night while they're commenting on it, com- uh, doing commentary on a game? They're talking about the Dallas Cowboys and the Bucks. It's going to be the game. Well, that of the is going to be a great game. Yeah. And who's playing? And why does the NFL do it? Because everyone loves the Cowboys. Let's put them week one, prime time, Sunday night. I agree. But they're not the most entertaining. You know what? Let's just forget it. Dude. <laughs> I'm done. Like, what's entertaining about the Cowboys now? I'm, I'm literally asking because I think- Dak is not an entertaining player. Um, dynamic at times, hurt a lot. Uh, Zeke hurt a lot. Fun, fun. He carries purses. I like that about him. Um, <laughs> they're not. They're not in trouble. They're not. They don't have any big, big personalities. Jerry Jones is their biggest. That's it. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm asking why they're entertaining. I think again, you have people that have just grown up liking them, and that's why, based on their entertainment in the '90s, that's why. 
Because if it haven't had success, not really. No, it's not definitely not the success. I think it's the cheerleaders. I mean, the whole thing built around the Cowboys, the big stadium. I like the cheerleaders argument because that is a thing. Yeah, That's part of the brand. I, I mean, it's part of entertaining. And I think the players, too. I think people love to hate on— uh, There is some love to hate, too. Yeah. Uh, and, and the fans. And the fans, I, I think Well, everybody has great fans. Well, no, no, no. I think it's us that kind of do the whole, this is our year. And people hate that the Cowboys think every year is the year they're going to win the Super Bowl. And I think the rest of the league is like, you're so stupid. I admire that you continue with your idiocy. <laughs> I do, because I wish I could. I admire the fact that you're an idiot every year. I get it, but we're very optimistic, and I love that about our fan base. You know, I don't believe in a jinx, and I could jinx me right now, and I think I'm going to, but I've been crushing these parlays. Yeah. I have. <laughs> and I you thought, have, you have. And yes. I, yeah. I think you I'm, really have. I think on this show, I've been 7-0 and yeah. in bets. I'll tell you, I lost last night in the Rams-Bills game. Oh. Well, that's a tough one to bet. Yeah, but I don't. I'm bad at betting the NFL. I usually don't do very well. But I'm just talking bets that I share and say, "Hey, I feel pretty good about this." I'm seven and zero. I do lose bets. I don't say I don't lose bets. I do win more in my DraftKings account. I started with two hundred bucks, and I'm at like amazing forty four hundred now. Jeez. Amazing, dude. I start with forty dollars and I have to recharge every month. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> every month I have to recharge. And I, but I think if I had to start over again, I, I wouldn't. I couldn't be able. I wouldn't do it again. I couldn't do that again. <laughs> I've been amazing. on a good run, but I do lose sometimes. I'm not acting like I never lose. But on this show, I've been 7-0. and And I've hit both parlays that we do here on DraftKings with the last two weeks. And they're going to feature mine again this week. Let's go. Up on the DraftKings app. Nice. So go up, put in Bobby Sports, and just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Download it now. Use the code Bobby Sports. First of all, if you bet just 5 bucks, you'll get $200 in free bets. That's, that's it. Two, you bet $5 then you get $200 in free bets. Just because you have that, though, don't be stupid. Take your time. Do smart, be smart bets. Because when I see I 200 like in my account... I feel like you're talking to yourself. I see 200 in my account... Has your I'm wife like, told you that same thing? Or what? <laughs> I'm like, 200 on the Cowboys this week. You can also do a same-game parlay for a shot and even bigger payout. I'll be honest, I did the same-game parlay last night. On the over and, and on the, the Rams, when they fell down seven, I didn't win. Uh, let me see if I went total... Total loss. They uh, did hit the night. under, right? Because it was 50-something? It was like 52 and a half, yeah. I think. Um, let's see. Oh, yeah. I bet the over, and they did not hit. I didn't expect them to put up just 10 points, though. Yeah, I um, lost all my bets last night. So, anyway. Uh, but it's the college <laughs> game. game of the season. And I don't share that. I, yeah. like mine. I like mine that I share here. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, just combine multiple bets into one team, and boom. There you go. Uh, here you go. My parlay of the week. I thought about just making it two games because I got a better chance to win if I just do two mm -hmm. <laughs> instead of three. Mm -hmm. But I didn't. I'm sticking to three. If I hit again, oh, you're gonna be a genius. Everybody gets on the pony. There's, there's enough room for everybody to ride the pony. I'm just telling you guys, be if you don't like this exact bet, go make your own. But if I go three for three, I got I got limitless saddles, and I want you all to get on because <laughs> we're ride, we are riding this thing. Okay, here we go. I'm going North Carolina minus seven versus Georgia State. Last week, Georgia State played pretty good. I think they played South Carolina. Was that South, the South Carolina game? Whoever they played, they played pretty well, I remember. Michael, you looked that up? They got Tennessee minus six at Pittsburgh. That's opposite of what I said, but okay. And finally... Oh, hold on, hold on. I don't like that bet. <laughs> no, we don't blow the whistle on oh, the bets. Oh, okay, all right. Hey, Mike, tell me if Georgia State played South Carolina last week. I'm pulling week. it up. Um, and then Kentucky getting six points at Florida. Yep, they did. They did. Okay. Georgia State played South Carolina pretty well. South Carolina ended up covering at the end. But I, 
I think that they shot their they, their shot. Yeah, shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where are you going with that? <laughs> I, I think they shot. So I'm going North Carolina minus seven. North Carolina had to squeak one out at the end. Yeah. So I, I like both of those scenarios leading into this game. Yeah. Georgia State playing a little too well. North Carolina playing pretty piss poor and lucking out. I like for them to win this by more than seven. I like for Tennessee to just kick Pittsburgh in the nads. And I got Kentucky plus six. That's probably the one that most people aren't going to feel like they're down with. I love Kentucky. You do in this yeah. game? Yeah. I mean, you talked about it earlier with the Swamp, but they're used to it. I mean, they're in the SEC. You know, Utah, that was a wholly, totally different animal for them. I'm putting down 100 bucks for Good a point. payout of $700 if it wins. Wow. You're crazy. Damn. Uh, 21 and up, most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restricted supply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for terms and resources. Gambling problem, 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text Tennessee Redline at 800-889-9789. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. Four six seven three six nine, and I didn't mess up that at all. So Kevin doesn't have to edit that, which I'm sure, which I know he hates. That has that's impressive. Yeah, yeah that I love it. Uh, okay, we have a interview with Dan Mullins coming up in a little bit. Who? It's awesome because he was the head coach at Mississippi State, head coach at Florida. He under Urban Meyer at Florida when they won two national championships at Bowling Green at Utah. He coached Tebow. He coached Alex <clears throat> Smith. Yep. Yep. He coached Cam Newton. He coached. Come on. Well, who am I forgetting? Dak. Oh, yeah, Dak. I, yeah. Eddie was waiting for it. I asked him right there. Right <laughs> we do a half hour. It's, I really enjoy my time with him. And so you'll hear that coming up. I did meet Derek Jeter this week. Oh, you oh, have no. to tell us about this. It's awesome. I met him yesterday. So we're, we're actually recording this on Friday. We usually do it on Thursday late. But because I was hosting the Today Show all week, I didn't get in until late last night. But one of the guests on. Thursday, Thursday, right? Yes. Yeah, Thursday. My day's yeah. mixed up. Mm-hmm. Yes. Was Derek Jeter. And when they told me he was coming on the show like a week before, I was like, ah, oh, I bet this gets canceled. Because I always feel like anything I'm super excited about gets canceled. So I try not to get excited. So I didn't really get that excited because I thought he's going to cancel. He's going to cancel. And every day we got closer. Has he canceled yet? <laughs> he hasn't. <laughs> All right. And then I'm sitting down and he's coming on at some, some point in the hour. I'm sitting down in the room. And we were in a different room because it was a little less jokey because the queen was about to die and so we had moved to a different set just in case we were already sitting down we could break the news and i'm sitting down there's always people everywhere doing during commercials i just look over and he's just sitting right next to me he's, he's like hey man i was like it's crazy it was one of, i'm lucky enough i get to be around a bunch of celebrities at this point so but it, it's those that are either extremely so successful at what they do or or ones that you admired as a kid those are, the, those are the special ones. Otherwise, just people who are pretty good at something and they lucked out that what they're good at, our culture finds value in. Yeah. But Derek Jeter's different. I'm not a Yankee fan at all. But I was so excited because Derek Jeter's one of really baseball greats of all time. And so I was like, hey. And Hoda told me he's one of the nicest guys ever. But that's to Hoda. Right. You know, that's to Hoda. People, people, so people change, you know, absolutely. I'm just low, low me. That's... Uh, <laughs> And so he's like, hey, man, how's it going? And I was like, I took a second. I went, whoa. I didn't say it out loud, but my mind went, whoa. <laughs> you probably noticed that. Yeah. And I said, hey, man, it's really good to meet you. I'm a big fan. I'm uh, Bobby. And he goes, hey, I'm Derek. It's good to see you. And we just kind of talked for a second for like 30 seconds. If, I mean, it felt a lot longer than that probably, but you only have like two minutes in between commercials. What's your first go-to question? Like, how do you start a conversation with That's Peter? a great question. What did I yeah. say? We're sitting there. Do you even remember? Oh, yeah, I do remember. Okay. I do remember. No, no. He, he was coming on to promote his baseball card company where there's like trading and there's also uh the digital you know all the yeah, stuff that you buy. yeah mm-hmm. 
And I was like, dude, I got a lot of baseball cards. That's what I said. <laughs> that was your, that was <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I said, I got a lot of baseball cards. And he was like, oh yeah. I said, well, I used to. I said, I don't need more, but I used to collect them like crazy. So this is super cool, especially with memorabilia. And he was like, yes. And so then I got back to being an adult real quick. Okay. And I was like, how'd that, how'd, how'd, you, how'd this thing get going? He's like, yeah, I talked about the development of it. I said, man, it's super cool. And then Hoda came. That's how we started it. Okay. Then Hoda sat down and she was like, you guys getting along? And uh, I was like, yes, I am. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about baseball cards. And so then we went on on the air and then we hung out for like three or four minutes after talking and he was just the nicest guy he doesn't have to be he could have been a fine guy just coming in dust press hey good to see you guys out the door he hung around he was generous with people he took pictures like i didn't want to go up and be like hey man i get a picture but the photographer knew i was a fan and he was like hey bob you get a picture with derek i wish you would have said hey derek i need you for this picture (laughs) i'd know him well enough to have him set up like that and uh, I was like, yeah. I said, Derek, do you mind? He goes, I don't mind, man. I'm here. Let's do it. It was just super cool. So probably total eight, nine minutes together, but just like a real kind disposition. That's awesome. Yeah. It was, all, it was really cool. What's, you know, I, I always like to ask this question. What's his, what's he like? Is he tall? Is he skinny, ripped? Like what's the whole N- physical feature? Normal. Normal dude. That's the best way I could describe him. Your height? Yeah, you, all, you guys were. There's a eye. picture of us together, and yeah, I, might, I didn't see anything really drastic. I might be exactly the same. Yeah, I did see that. You guys look about the same. Yeah, you're on his Insta story right now. Yeah, he put me up on his Instagram story. He did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. So in the first picture on mine, he looks about an inch taller, but but he's I'm he's probably wearing boots. But I'm standing behind him. Oh, on the second one where I'm kind of standing beside him, or he's about behind me. I'm a, so he may be half inch taller than I okay. am. Okay. What's he listed at, Mike? Let me check. Derek Jeter height. But if you're a Red Sox fan, like I know you are, Mm -hmm. you'd hate it because he was so nice. Yeah. 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 You probably would like to hear, oh, what a douche. (laughs) He's 6'3". Oh, wow. I must be taller than I thought. Oh, okay, okay. No. <laughs> put you at 6'2". Yeah. No, that means what do you say, Mike? Put you at 6'2"? Yeah. yeah, there you go. Okay. No, he's one of those guys where, I mean, you tried to hate him, he just couldn't. You know, there's other players uh, on that team especially that you could easily hate, but not him. Like, like A-Rod. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the game last night, Bills and Rams. We mentioned it earlier, but I just thought it'd be a better game. A little closer. And, and I think it could have been a better game. That, that interception that Stafford threw... Maybe in the third quarter uh, when they were down seven or maybe down 14, they were driving. I think that kind of sealed the deal there. But uh, give me a thought from the game last night. Eddie, we'll go to you first. I think it's amazing that Von Miller can change a defense like that. Boy, you're right. I I mean, I I don't really – I'm assuming that he's just such a leader to that defense because he did the same thing to the Rams. (laughs) They win the Super Bowl. He goes to Buffalo, and just that defense – I mean, they had what? Eight sacks. They had three picks. Uh, it's three picks, two picks. I don't know. They they were everywhere. That Buffalo defense is amazing, and I, I'm assuming it's Von Miller joining that team. When he sacked Stafford last night, one of those, and he's up and he's celebrating, I, I had that thought. I was like, God dang. I, I just picture Von Miller being 200 years old. Me too. I don't no. know why. I Googled his age because yeah. I thought he was 200 years old. How old was he, 130? No, he's dude, he's like 32. 33. 33. 33. Yeah, I was. I told he's, my wife he's my age for sure. He's just played high level for so long, so long, and then he he's been on phenomenal. three teams now. Yeah, and so you just feel like that's what journeymen do, and they they go to their third team after they don't have it left. But mm-hmm. he, yeah, it's all it's awesome. And when those teams change drastically, when he joins them, you got to believe that this is his leadership. Kevin thought from the game last night. Josh Allen, <laughs> I already talked about it a little bit, but that guy, I mean, 
Oh, especially as a Patriots <laughs> fan, I'm like, we got to play this guy twice a year yeah. for the next 10 years. This is going to be brutal. Mac Jones better pick it up. But that was my biggest takeaway was just how much of a freak and how good he was. When he runs the ball, he runs the ball. He didn't care, man. Yeah. I mean, he, he'll slide occasionally if it's really odds aren't good for him, like straight up. But he will run through people, especially near goal line. And he head first. He like, dunked, dunked over Bobby Wagner. And he's just a big dude. Yeah. And they were you know, talking about it last night. They're like, you have to actually account for him as one of the people, not just as he's throwing, but one of the people with the ball. Because you can draw back into coverage, you can play man, but you can do that. And all of a sudden, there he goes. And you, But you don't want to have to tackle him head up either. No. He's a big guy. Yeah, that was, for me, I, I think the takeaway was that I still am not convinced Stafford's arm is all the way good. Yeah, I thought the same thing, too. I didn't watch it and go, his arm ain't good. and I did, But I definitely didn't go, his arm's good. Like, I'm still in that, hmm, are they... He did try to chunk it deep a couple, but it was either the receiver ran around, ran a wrong route or... He was way off. He's way off. <laughs> yeah. Other than yeah, other than the little short dink and dunks of Cooper Cup and Cooper would do the rest. It wasn't he didn't do much. So I guess I didn't expect him to come out just just hauling deep the whole game. But I thought maybe I'd have a better idea. Like, oh okay, he's all right, he's all right. right. But yeah, it's, that was my takeaway that I still don't really have a feeling about Stafford's arm. Do you think after seeing last night the Rams are kind of a little lower in the whole could be a playoff a Super Bowl contender? I, it's like playing Georgia, honestly. I think you have an early season Stafford, who's probably his arm. They don't want to just let it let it go right now. And also, the Bills are so good, so I don't want to make that comparison now. Are they the favorite? No, but they weren't anyway, right? I know they won last year, but what are they four or five from Vegas, yeah, something, something like that? that. I think it was uh, Tampa, it was Buffalo, Buffalo, Tampa, Green Bay, Kansas City was Kansas probably City, a yeah. in front of them. So I, again, I don't have a thought about that. Yet, because I've only watched him play probably the best team. It was weird, too, watching him rely on Cooper Cup so much. And I, I know that's his dude and all, but it was almost like he didn't trust anyone else on that field Agreed. other than Cooper Cup. So maybe that's just kind of more games. He gets used to uh, what's They're missing his... Van Jefferson, too. Right. You know, he's another another big guy for them. But, uh, yeah, OBJ wasn't mm-hmm. obviously not on the team. He was there, though. Did you see that? He was there, which he was, was awkward. sitting there watching the game in the stands. And he was in the pregame show. Yeah. Well, he doesn't have a team. Right? Yeah. And he lives probably in L.A. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> he shows up and to the game. He just goes to the game. <laughs> it's, like, it's like that old uh, it's like guy the... that goes to college and comes back to high school. <laughs> yes, you see him <laughs> on the sidelines. To a high school game, and he's like, yeah, I used to be the man here. <laughs> it reminded me a little bit, too, of Kyrie Irving when he would go to the, the Nets games because he couldn't. Oh yeah, when he had when COVID, he could, yeah, a little bit yeah, different. But it was just weird play. to see him walk in and sit yeah. in the side because he wasn't vaccinated. So <laughs> it's like you can be a fan and watch the game. <laughs> yeah. So he'd go in and sit in the stands. Well, remember when Kevin Durant like rolled around with a camera and like show up to press conferences? Oh yeah. Then, yeah, like is that Kevin Durant <laughs> yeah. just taking pictures? Uh, so let's talk one more thing. NFL. What NFL game are you looking forward to the most, um, Eddie? I mean, I have to go with Cowboys Bucks. Oh. And well, uh, the only reason I say it is because, well, yes, they are my team, but I do want to see what they're made of. Like, this is it. Like, this what, is a big one. This is a big one. They started the season last year with the same matchup against the Bucks. It was a close game. We lost that game. So this is a rematch. And I want I mean, to me, this is going to tell me a lot about how the Cowboys are going to play this year. It's a big one. Yeah. Uh, what about you? Uh, mine is going to be between the Raiders and Chargers. This AFC West is, everybody's talking about it, the greatest division of all time, people are saying. So I'm really excited to see how it gets going early on with the Raiders and Josh McDaniels and then Chargers, Justin Herbert. I just think it's going to be a fun game. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be good. Yeah. 
I'm anxious to see Vegas's uh, who Carr gets the ball to. Right. So many options there. Like Renfro, obviously last year was great, and and Waller played really well as a tight end. But now they got right, Adams, the man. best wide receiver in yeah. the NFL there. And is I mean, is that what Carr needs? Because no, if you had a bunch of turds, <laughs> it don't matter how good you are. There's a reason Brady wanted to go to a place where he had weapons. Because yeah. even Brady, being the best, you got to have weapons. So I'm excited about that game too, just to see what they're able to do uh, in Vegas. I mean, I, I love Baker, right? It's tough. <laughs> it's tough. <laughs> hey, I almost chose that one too. It's just you left it for Bobby. Yeah, there are just like, things that I want to see. Like I yeah. want to see Baker yeah. Mayfield. I want him to win. I want to see the Titans play yeah. because I want to see if Derrick Henry's foot, like if they let it, okay, is he all the way back? Yeah. If so, are you letting him roll? Um, you know, we have a, me and some friends, Matt Stell being one of them, who is the country singer, there's six of us, I believe six, maybe eight, I forget. And you get in and you go one, two, three, all the way down the line and you have to pick an NFL team and you go backward. It's like a snake draft. But you... You pick your team, and every time they win, you win money. Every time they lose, you pay money. And so obviously you want to pick the best teams, but you ha- every team has to be picked. So at the end, you're like going, all right, well, do I take the Seahawks? Or the <laughs> because some of those bad teams are going to lose you money, but you're trying to figure out the bad teams. So my team that I've really strategically picked is the I don't know. What were you going to say? Right. I want to say it. What's that? Come on. You can do it. <laughs> How about them Cowboys? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. Cowboys. Oh, let's go. Over 500, you're guaranteed. So Great. I do have some other teams, because, but the Cowboys are the one that I really was like, okay, this one will make, make or break me. Is your wallet ready for all that money? How about them Cowboys? <laughs> it's hard for me to say oh. it like that. How many mentions can we get of the Cowboys today? <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's what sucks. God. I know. Don't I worry. know. Let the season start. But I got we'll him. I got about him. About I got him. And so I need the Cowboys to win, Eddie. Yeah, man. We got you. I need the Cowboys to we win. We got you. Are you so, playing, Eddie? No. Well, I, sometimes I feel like I do. I get that jersey up. There you, you go. Know? I do there that crap, go. too. Um, I think, though, if I'm just picking a game, I think uh, Kansas City, Arizona is going to be interesting to me. Yeah. Because I think Mahomes is a man on a mission. I think he's pissed about what happened in Cincinnati. I think he's pissed at everybody that says he sucks now. He hasn't lost anything. He lost Tyreek, but I think now what he— Because he still has Kelsey. What he has in, in his other receivers, I think as a group, he has a better group of options than he did. Everybody has a hyphen. That's cool. Over in Kansas City. All the receivers. Everybody's <laughs> yeah, hyphenated. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm anxious to see that. Also drafted Mahomes in my fantasy league. And so, you know, I have that interest there too. But I'm not trying to make it too fantasy-based. But that's that's the deal there. Uh, it'll be good. First week of football. Um, we're going to get to Dan Mullen in, in just a second. But first, let's do our okay, uh, commercial. Yeah, let's do a commercial. Okay, okay. Let me do a commercial. Then we're going to do our dang, I guess, of the night since oh, we haven't had a whole week yeah, to do there it. There you go. Okay. Football fans, the first Sunday of the NFL season is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving new customers a can't-miss offer. Well, listen, it's back. NFL's back. Right now, new customers can bet just $5, get $200 in free bets instantly. And as an added bonus for week one, everybody can get on in the early win promotion. Bet on any NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. My team never led by 10 last night. <laughs> they fell early. They really did. They never led they? They by anything. <laughs> never led by anything. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code Bobby Sports and get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet this Sunday. 
That's the code Bobby Sports, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. 21 and up, most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbooks for term and resource. Ah, crap, Kevin, you interview. got to edit this. <laughs> Dang it, we're almost this, there. Yeah, you leave this part in. Whatever. Uh, 21 and up, most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for terms and resources. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text Tennessee Redline at 800 800- 889-9789. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. All right. Um, okay. I mentioned this about bets real quick. Two bets I feel pretty good about, about NFL-wise. I feel pretty good about Carolina making the playoffs. They are not a favorite to make the playoffs. I think they're going to make the, I think they can go 9-8. and eight. I think that might make it. I think they can. Yeah, the NFC. It's, it's yeah. weird to say 9-8 and eight with a new 18 weeks. It's weird. But yeah, I think they strange. can go 9-8. and eight. I bet Carolina... To make the playoffs, it's pretty good odds right now. Let me—I can look real quick and tell you. Here we go to my bets. Open. I have Carolina Panthers to make the playoffs at plus three fifty. So I bet fifty bucks to make two twenty-five. It's pretty good. Solid. My other one is the Baltimore Ravens to win the AFC North. I think Baltimore could really, really be good this year, uh, but I have them at plus one forty. So I bet fifty for, to make one twenty. So there's that. There you go. Okay. Uh, dang of the night. Kevin, all we right. We have something here. Yep. What? Oh, wanna, we got something for this? Yeah, you want to yeah. try it? I'm yeah. going to set it up real it? quick. Who Reed. Made Reed made another one? Oh. oh, wait, the jingle. That's what we're talking about. Okay, got gotcha. you. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Reed made another All right, let's go. <laughs> this is the dang, dang, dang of the week. You made that, dude? This That's guy's good, Reed. Nice. Holy yeah, he's crap. A, he's on fire. Yeah. Reed's like the unknown, <laughs> unheralded, doesn't have a microphone, that's contributing heavily to the show. Nice job, buddy. Uh, re- let me shout your Instagram name out as a gift, as a treat yeah, to you. Yeah, there he is. What's there your, you wait, what is it? At Reed Yarberry. That's it. R-E-I-D. R-E-I-D. Yard, Yardberry. No. no. Oh, is it Yard? Yard. Hey, I've been screwing that up R-E-I-D. all the time. R-E-I-D. <laughs> Eddie's been DMing with Reed <laughs> Yardberry. We'll put it in the podcast <laughs> Some notes. random yeah. dude in Ohio or something. <laughs> Reed huh. Yarberry. All right, let's do it again and we'll get right to it. We'll do it like uh, we're supposed to do it. Go ahead. This is the dang, dang, dang of the week. Kick off, Kevin. All right, we all know that uh, Coach O had a quick out with LSU last year, right? And he was always good for a great soundbite. And this week he talked about getting fired and his buyout. And, Mike, if you could hit that clip for me real quick. Hey, Coach, you got $17.1 million on your contract. We're going to give it to you. <laughs> I said, what time do you want me to leave? What door you want me out of? <laughs> So when I heard that, I said, dang, Coach dang. O is still a great soundbite. I love it. Dang. There you go, Coach O. <laughs> you know dang. the media loves him. Oh, yeah, he's great. <laughs> Eddie, how you doing your dang? Uh, my dang. I got I got a dang for you. I've never. I've played fantasy for, what, 10-plus ten, ten years. I've never seen this, where a team says that the starting quarterback is Cam Akers of the Los Angeles Rams. Starting quarterback. All the depth running charts. Back. Uh, running back. Yeah. All the depth charts going into the season. And uh, you watched last night, and Cam Akers is on the bench. I I bet you 95% of fantasy Cam Akers owners did started Cam Akers, and he sat on the bench. He, what, touched the ball three times three the entire times, night? Yeah. And all those owners are going, dang. Dang. Big guy. Dang. <laughs> uh, mine's like a, dang. Uh, Dak Prescott tweaks his surgically oh. repaired ankle at Cowboys practice. More Cowboys. Dang. Dang. <laughs> I know. Not a good start. <laughs> I know. Uh, Dallas Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott tweaked his ankle. Uh, they say it sounds like nothing serious. Did you hear how? 
He tried new cleats. I'm like, dude, don't, he's blamed on his shoes. Don't yeah. you break those in like months ago? Yeah, he was trying to pair a new Jordan 11s. <laughs> he switched back to Jordan 1s for the game. Mike D made the joke. We were talking earlier. He's like, what's he has? Dick Sporting Goods trying on cleats? <laughs> like he's got a game on Sunday. Dang, dude. Dang. Dang. Dax all dang. Dax all doing. So how'd our day how'd your dang go? Uh oh, for Coach O? Yeah, just how'd your dang go? Uh Dang, Coach O. Dang, Coach O. <laughs> Dang, Coach O. Oh, all those fantasy owners of Cam Akers. Dang. Yeah. And mine is, dang. <laughs> dang, Dak. What are you thinking, okay. man? What are you thinking? Dang, Dak, what are you thinking? Uh, this is the Dang, Dang, Dang of the Week. Please follow us over at 25 Whistles. I love this interview with Dan Mullen, former college football coach, now ESPN analyst. Uh, he's over at ESPN. He's... It's just so much. He began coaching with Urban Meyer at Bowling Green, Mississippi State, uh, won two national championships at Florida as an assistant, went to number one Mississippi State as a head coach, uh, then went to Florida to head coach there. I think he got ran a little too early, if I'm being honest with you. Yep. I don't think they gave him an – and I wanted to say that, be like, look, look what they're doing this year. You think that's just all – I didn't. Those are your guys. Yeah, does it? Yeah. Yeah. I knew he wanted to say that too. I'll be honest oh, with yeah. you. Mm-hmm. I felt he wanted to say it, but he didn't. Uh, so – here we go. Let's go to Dan Mullen here on 25 Whistles. Coach, first of all, it's an honor to have you. Just a big fan in general. Have been for a long time, even though me being an Arkansas guy, I hated playing you when you get, when you're Mississippi State. And I hated going down there with those cow- – as a coach and you have the cowbells, do you just get numb to it? I mean, you embrace it. You embrace whatever advantage you have. So, uh, you know, I mean, it was, it was always a thing of beauty. And uh, you know what? When you learn traditions um, – there's something there. There's something really special about them, and and uh, you know, and that's one. Some one of the things we learned at, at Mississippi State is how important they are to people. I mean, I get it. I get I get traditions, but I that was the worst. I would go and leave with a headache, and I would be like, <laughs> how how do they do this every day, every week? This cowbell is nonstop, and they, you know, there'd be a point too where people would go, hey, you need to put that certain cowbell away because it would be. One that had like a horn built in. People were coming up with control. It's like those prison shows where they can make a radio out of baloney. They were making like (laughs) cowbell horn spectacles. And so, you know, uh, Starkville was never my favorite place to go because uh, you you always were at a really competitive or really good team. So anyway, all that to say, just just super pumped that you're here. Oh, thank you. Do you watch game tape back? Because I've been watching on ESPN. Do you watch game tape back now and critique yourself? Um, from back when I played, I did. No, you know no, I'm, no, no. Like you being an analyst, like, are you oh, watching yourself now and going, all right, here's what you got to do better. Oh, you know what? I'm, I'm pretty fortunate. My, my wife was a network TV anchor. Um, and I'm very coachable. So now with everybody, at, you know, at ESPN, as soon as I'm done, I kind of ask everybody, I'm like, tell me what you saw. What did you like? What did you not like? Um, you know, I come home, my wife's got it kind of broken down for me, what I did well, what I did poorly. And I guess that's being a perfectionist through all the years. So I kind of, I do evaluate everything that went on and see if I, uh, how I got better and, uh, or how I can get better more importantly. It's funny you said that because all this week I've been, I'm in New York as I'm recording this with you and I've been hosting the today show with Hoda. And every day when I finish, I go to her and I say, Hey, how can I make you better? How can I make you look better? What can I do better every single day? And usually those notes, when I present it that way, come back. Uh, and I feel like I grow every single day being on camera for a whole hour because there are just little things. Maybe you're dealing with this too, where sometimes when I'm just sitting there and I'm not talking, I just like check out with my eyes. 
And it's like, sometimes you gotta just gotta stay focused. You gotta be looking at the camera the whole time. Are you dealing with that at all? You know what it is? Um, you know, I get that from my wife sometimes. Hey, when they come on, make sure you're smiling with your eyes. That's what I get a lot, right? There. Do you smile with your eyes on camera or no? The uh, yeah, I, I, I try to just keep a big fake smile the whole time because now I do like my constant is just, I just hold it because it doesn't look as awkward as it feels. It feels really awkward. But when I watch it back, I'm like, all right. It feels awkward, but it, it looks pretty good. Uh, great job on ESPN. I'm really enjoying it. And SEC Network, like obviously you're very knowledgeable, but is this something you're hoping not to do for a long time by, and I asked that as in like back into coaching? No, I'm really enjoying this, you know, and it's um, it's a different way of life, you know, it, it, and you get to, uh, I get to experience a lot of things I uh, have never gotten to experience before. And I'm still waiting to see what comes up. I've never had a day off in the fall where, you know, you get to kind of enjoy life. I get, I'm getting to go to my son's playing his football for the first time this year. I'm getting to go to his games uh, and watch him play, um, you know, be, be involved in the kids' lives. And, and uh, so it's something that I'm really enjoying. And, and I'm not in a rush to get back into coaching in, in any way, shape or form. And, and But I, I do think you want to find something that kind of fulfills you. And I've really enjoyed TV and hopefully it continues um, I continue to grow in that field and, and you get that fulfillment into really enjoying doing it and, and kind of go down that career path. When you started as a GA, if I'm correct, you were a GA at Syracuse and Notre Dame. Is that right? Oh yeah. Yeah. So when you're a GA way back then, what is your role as a GA and how do you move from that to a position coach? Like you have to be really great at it. Um, you know what? I think you just, you take advantage of opportunities. You know, I've always been someone that is, um, that, that really believes when an opportunity presents itself, you better be prepared for that moment. And so when I was a grad assistant, I, you would sit there and, and work nonstop. One, you learn a lot of football, you know, because you're breaking down the defense, you're learning everything of how the defense works, what they're trying to do, get inside of their mind and how they're going to do it. Then, you know, you're, you're drawing up the cards and the game plans and everything that we're doing, you know, as the coach's game plan, you're making all the notes and doing a lot of the grunt work. Um, and I was somebody that always wanted to learn, you know, when, um, when you're, when you're a grad assistant, you're not out on the road recruiting a lot. And so when you're in there, um, postseason doing postseason cutups. Uh, I, you know, I would sit there and the coach would say, Hey, these are, these are what we're looking for. And I would get that done. And then I would do about a hundred of my own trying to find, you know, be able to present to them, say, you know what? I found out this information. I noticed this. I realized this. We can do this better here. Here's a statistical breakdown that we hadn't looked at before. Um, you know, all of those things. And I always prided myself on finding new ways to, to find, to improve the program. One and two, anytime anybody would ask for something, you know, I learned that early on is say, Hey, Hey, what's, what's going on on second down and four once they cross the 50? I already have that answer. I don't have to go look it up. I can already present it. And so you learn an awful lot about football. And when, you know, when I was a grad assistant at Notre Dame and, and Urban Meyer got hired as the head coach at Bowling Green and he said, hey, I'd like to bring you with me. Um, and I said, I'm really a quarterbacks guy. That's my That's where I That's where I, I am. And uh, he's like, all right, you can be the quarterback coach. And, um, you know, and, and I just took advantage of that opportunity. I wanted to be prepared for that moment when the time came. What do you make as a quarterback coach at Bowling Green back then? I can't imagine it's a whole lot. Yeah, I think we were made like $30,000 a year. <laughs> you know, we were top 15 in the country. So, you know, I, I think we, coaching, coach, coaching, everybody looks. One of the hardest things in coaching is everybody looks at the head coach's salary. 
Um, there's an awful lot of people that work and there's a lot of young people that kind of come up in, in the industry. Um, and, you know, everybody, I, I always talk to young guys getting into it. And they're always like, okay, hey, coach, I, I want to get into coaching. I'm like, all right, let, let me see. Why don't we call up to, to South Dakota State and see if they have anything? No, like, no, nah, I really want to coach at Florida. But I'm like, it, it doesn't work that way. Okay, let, let's go coach at a D3 school in Minnesota next year and learn the ropes, learn how to do it. And because, you know, it, it's the same game. And, uh, uh, you know, I think that kind of gets some people, scares them out maybe and gets them to understand that, that there really is, is not a whole lot of difference, whether you're the head coach at Ursinus College uh, and the coach at Florida. On the football side, the game's still played the, the same. There's a lot of other things that go into the responsibilities of the coach. But the, the football on the field, the, you're, you're playing the same game, same rules. You mentioned that you told – Urban, that you were a quarterbacks guy. So you go and you coach quarterbacks at Bowling Green. Some of the quarterbacks you've coached, I just want to roll through a few of them. Um, I'll start with Alex Smith because you coached Alex at Utah, if, if my my dates and times are right. Uh, yeah. What could you tell me about Alex as a college player? You know what? He, he, was, he, he was so so smart and so detailed, you know, he would always, he would constantly be coming over into the office when we got hired, wanting to know every single detail. Uh, that would go on. And I mean, with such a football game, if we had a bye weekend or we played, you know, then you'd play some Thursday or Friday night games, you'd have the day off and you're out in the Utah college game day, you know, comes on at 8 a.m. And I mean, the, the, I'd get a knock on the door at 8 a.m. at my house and it's Alex like, hey, I'm here for some football today. And he'd just sit at my house and we'd watch football games until 10 o'clock at night when, you know, different guys would come and go. And some of the guys would be there, but like, hey, you know, there's a party we really should go to. I'm like, dude, it's 10 o'clock at night. You can go to a party now. But, uh, you know, he was just so smart out there on the field. We'd get out there in a game, and we'd be on the sidelines, and I'd see him checking a play or protections at the line of scrimmage. You know, Urban be on the headset. He's like, what's he doing? What's he doing out there? I said, I said Coach, I'm, I'm on the sidelines, man. I don't, he's on the field. I don't know what he's doing right now. Looks like he's checking the play. Must not like what we called. <laughs> and, uh, um you know, and he, but he'd come over, run over to the sidelines. And I, I always ask why, like, why did you do that? I, I want to know, what did you do? I, why, hey, why did you do that? He's like, hey, you know, at any time I saw the Mike linebacker was six, was took a half step forward. And every time he's done that, they've run this certain blitz. So I checked this blitz. I checked the protection that way and threw the route off the backside. I said, that's fantastic. That's exactly what we want to do. And you can see that. Like, I don't, you know, I mean, where I'm my, from my vantage point, I don't see that all the time, but you're out there and see it on the field. And, uh, you know, he was just that smart. After his injury, I mean, were you surprised at how resilient he was? No, I, you know what? I mean, it was really, really scary, um, you know, for him and his whole family. Um, you know, I, I remember we went out, we were in Hawaii and saw him out in Hawaii at, at their house out there. And, I mean, this was nine months later and he still had the halos around his leg. And I mean, it was, it was so scary, but uh, he's a very driven person, um, extremely successful. He's going to be successful. Now he's into TV, which, you know, I, I, but there's a lot of things. It wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked to see him in in a lot of different things as his life goes on and whatever he picks up, he's probably going to be successful at uh, because, because of that drive. Once I, you know, once he was committed to get back. I think going back playing helped him on that drive. You know, I think that the, the, to get himself healthy enough to where, you know, he could actually go on an NFL field, he'd be healthy enough to go play with his kids for the rest of his life and, and live a normal life. And so I think that was such a motivating factor. for him. You coached Tim Tebow at Florida. 
as a 19, 20 year old, what's Tim Tebow like to coach? Uh, you know, I mean, he is, uh, he's Tim, you know, I mean, if, if you know, Tim, it's all real. Everyone comes up like, hey, one, he can't be that good a human being, right? He is. It's all real. There's nothing fake about it, almost to a fault. And, you know, I mean, it, it is that way. Like he, he's that good a person. Um, what the fun thing I always had is, is in the, like I could always push his buttons, you know, and, and I mean, if you see him out there, you know, I'll be like, you know, you know, yeah, I mean, we're in, in the workout, you know, hey, you can't you can't do 50 pushups, you know. <laughs> I mean, like it just is so easy to put like I could just push his competitive buttons and especially at 19, 20 years old, uh, you know, and, and he would be like, kind of like, oh, I'll show you I can do it. Like, I mean, it's like that intense in what he does. Uh, but he was I mean, it was fun because he loved football. Uh, he cared about a, a lot, you know, and he was a very different player. Like an Alex was a very cerebral approach to the game um, in everything that he did. Tim was the effort, physical effort part of the a player. You know, I mean, he'd come on and he'd be like, key moment of the game, be like, hey, coach, give me the ball. I'm going to run somebody over and I'll make something happen. And I, I will win the game for us. You just give me the ball and I will physically make sure we win the game. Um, and it was. I mean, he was one of the guys that you saw. I mean, to see the pressure – that comes on in 19, you know, 19, 20 years old. I mean, he was getting thousands of requests to speak at churches. I mean, calls all the time. I mean, it was, uh, he was not your regular college celebrity. He was at a whole nother level when he played at Florida. And I want to wrap this part of it with Dak Prescott at Mississippi State, who gave me fits for, oh, it was, he, was, <laughs> he was awesome. It was so annoying. Talk about Dak for a second. You know, I mean, he he's the ultimate it guy. I think we you know when people talk about um, what it is, you know, this quarterback has it. That was it. You know, he could give you a funny story. So he came up, we were recruiting him and came up to camp and everyone's like, well, I love everything about this kid. I'm like, all right, let's see what he can do. And he was about six, a little over six foot tall, 195 pounds, ran four, nine, five and didn't throw the ball very well. And so he left. I'm like, what do you guys think? You know, the camp, he was expecting to get an offer. And I was kind of like, and he, they're, I'm like, they're like, but he's, he's got the personality. He's got the it. I'm like, well, I, I, is it, but he can't throw the ball. Like he's not very big. He's not very fast. And he doesn't throw the ball very well. His personality is awesome. But you know what? We gave him some things to work on. And he came back a couple months later to it. We had a, you know, our specialty, like our, our big, uh, big dog camp, like our top players. And the strength coach, we do a part in the weight room, strength coach came running out to me and he's like, offer that kid immediately right now. I've never seen the leadership that this kid has. And I'm like, I'm like, I hope he can throw the ball better than the last time I saw him. But we went on the field and everything we'd ask him to do, he improved on. And every day from that four, that point forward, he improved on. I mean, he's a guy that goes into the weight room and he can jump up everybody's rear end. He can yell and scream at you and push you to do your absolute best until you completely collapse and you're exhausted. And as you're walking out of the weight room with this guy in your face for two hours, you're like, hey, Dak, can we go hang out? What are you doing tonight? Can I be around you? Can I just hang with you? I mean, everybody's like the Pied Piper. Everyone wants to be around him. And he has that special factor where he makes everyone around him better, can hold them accountable at a high level, and everyone still loves him. When Dak was quarterback and you guys in Mississippi State, uh, 
again, if memory serves, you guys were, you got to number one that season, right? I'm, I'm right yeah. here, right? Yeah. Um, when, when you, because I hear coaches say, yeah, it's not about the ranking or really though, when you hit number one, especially at a school like a Mississippi State that is not known for being the number one, not a, you know, perennial football power privately, what does it feel like to be number one? You know, that was, that was really special to me. You know, that probably one of my most special moments in, in football in my career, um, because it was something that you're not expected to do there, you know, and, and will always be a great trivia question in the first college football playoff poll ever. Um, Mississippi state was the number one team. And, um, you know, I think it meant so much to the people at the university, to the fan base, and really to the people of Mississippi. You know, Ole Miss was great that year, too. And it really meant a lot to the people in the state of Mississippi because they do have so much pride in football. But, you know, they always kind of maybe or take a back seat to a lot of other schools. And it was so special to do it because it's such a great community. It was such a great team. And, um, you know, it, it the uh, I know the season didn't end the way we wanted it to. We end up, you know, I think one of the things you get at those schools is we ended up with a couple of injuries and you just don't have maybe the depth that you can't plug in place to stay at number one as this long season goes on. Is it hard to shake a rivalry? Meaning you spent all these years and you hated Ole Miss. Like, yeah. But do you still hate Ole Miss? <laughs> no. You know what? Um, you really don't. You know, I mean, deep down inside, there's still like a, you know, the, the, the little like, hey, you know, hey, I, you know, I mean, because you go back, you know, like Bowling Green, Toledo, Utah, BYU. I can cheer for BYU a little bit now. I, a little I can bit, cheer. though. You said a little bit, coach. Yeah, a little bit. I can cheer for, for Ole Miss a little bit. I mean, I even say Ole Miss. People, uh, I think when you're there, you're so in the middle of the rivalry, right? And it, you just, it, it's so entrenched in it. And really, one of the things in, in the, the Mississippi State Old Miss rivalry we, we did, I think we used it to springboard the program um, into a next and to get everybody excited about the program. And to do that, you've really got to kind of stir everybody up, you know. And I think, um, I, you know, when I left and, and, and Hugh Freeze was there, um, and I think both once we got really good, I think what happened is we kind of used the rivalry to springboard ourselves to success. And then we became relevant, both schools. But unfortunately, at that point, I think we escalated the rivalry so much. It was even though I think we were ready to kind of tone down the rhetoric, it had kind of taken a life of its own because we didn't need that anymore to be relevant. We, we had created relevancy by the performance of the teams on the field. Um, so I think that was was something that was uh, was difficult. And, and we use this kind of, you know, calling them the school up north and not referring them by name and all that. It, it kind of created this passion and this this frenzy behind your program that did help us succeed. But, it, you know, and, and as time goes by, I, I mean, it's easier to root for BYU now than it is to root for Ole Miss. But I still, you know, I'll still root for them. That's funny. What I like about you on ESPN is, I mean, I just like that you're able to give opinions not protected by the coach walls, right? And they're, yeah. and you're talking about, even on your socials, you know, I like when you put up your bracket. I like when you list 
where you think teams are going to fall because we never get to see that from you as a head coach because that ain't your job and you don't want to get caught, you know, uh, somebody being insulted by something when you're ranking them. But as you look at the SEC this year, and obviously Georgia in the East, Alabama in the West, is that a foregone conclusion? Um, those, I mean, in theory, yes. Um, even after week one, they both looked dominant. Uh, you know, Georgia, I think Alabama with the quarterback back and thinking they're better on defense and, you know, have consistently done it for so long. You just assume they're going to be at a certain level. I thought in week one, Georgia looked better than everyone thought they would. Uh, I thought they looked really explosive offensively. And, you know, they have depth on defense and they had talent last year. You know, I mean, Jalen Carter was probably the, one of their best D linemen last year. And, you know, he wasn't a starter. So I guess maybe he's not considered a returning starter. So they have that depth. The, the question is, is in any given year, something can happen, you know, and a lot depends on one schedule. Now, both of their schedules line up to be beneficial. You know, they, they don't play each other. If they play each other, one of them has a loss. Uh, you know, a second loss kind of knocks them out of it if they they take one misstep at that point. Um, so I think the schedules line up well. You have to look at the East. You know, I thought Kentucky, because they play Georgia at home late November with Chris Rodriguez back, quarterback back, you know, a power running game. They play defense. They could get into it where even if they had a loss along the way, they could get into a bad weather one game showdown with Georgia in uh, at home and find a way to edge them to win the East in that game with, with one other conference loss only. They didn't look as sharp in week one. Chris Rodriguez, we don't know his status, so I don't know. Um, Florida, I think Florida has a lot of talent on the team. Uh, I've, I, you know, and having coached there last year, knowing those guys, knowing this year could be a good year, but a lot's going to be on Anthony Richardson. And, you know, I mean, he, he had four different times last year. He had injuries that kept him out Four seven different injuries that kept him out of games. You know, I mean, you'd go and be like, okay, we're making a movie. He's going to start and he's injured and he's out for two weeks. So um, I think as everybody saw in week one, he is a special, special player. And if, listen, if he's healthy, he might, he, he, he might be the first pick in the draft next year. If he stays healthy the whole year. I mean, he, he might, I had him on my list as a, a dark horse Heisman. And because I know what his talent level is, if he, if he play, stays healthy, I think Florida can, can find a way to beat anybody. Cause you have that special player. You know, I, I coach Cam Newton and he's probably reminds me a lot of a Cam Newton where he can do things where he just puts the entire team on his back and carries. Him. Uh, I love your team in the West. Um, hear it. Just feel free to talk away. I'll just listen to this one. <laughs> You know what? I, 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 they play a, a, a pretty. They play the style of football that they're physical. Uh, they have a quarterback that is now become an efficient passer. You know, he's he's that. Uh, you know, a, a tough runner that's become an efficient passer. And they went out and got a couple of weapons, and they have a, a, a good, really good old linebacker. So, you know, if if you can control the line of scrimmage, you know, to to, to beat Alabama. In, uh, in on that side of the league, you have got to be able to create some big plays in the air throwing ball. You're not just going to sit there and say, hey, we're going to go on a 15-play, 85-yard drive, pounding away at them down the field. That, in the end, that's you're not going to do that. You've got to hit some big plays. And K.J. Jefferson's development makes them a threat. Um, 
Texas A&M, um, boy, they have some skilled athletes, though, that can score. So that makes them really dangerous. They have they, they had a great recruiting class. They have a younger defense. Um, are they there right now? I don't know if all the pieces are in place for them to get there, but they have some explosive guys that can score points. So they'll be interesting, too, on that side of the league. Looking over at the Big 12, I'm curious about a couple of teams. One, Oklahoma with Venables being, I mean, one of the best assistant coaches of all time and wanting to be an assistant coach and staying at Clemson and he obviously at Oklahoma before that, but now he's a head coach. And I assume his learning curve would be different because where he's been and what he's done as an assistant, but he's his first time head coach. What do you think about that? Well, I think this, I think, you know what, the first day you sit in that chair, and it's, you know what, no matter what you've done, how much you prepare, how ready you are, it's a, I mean, I still go back. I remember my first day at Mississippi State, you know, you, you have the fanfare, you know, they bring you in all the, all the crowds cheering for you. They introduce you to the game. You're talking to all the alumni. You're up till whatever, four o'clock in the morning, you get up at seven, you go in the office, you sit down in the chair, like, okay, this is my show. I'm, I, everybody's coming and looking to me to do everything now. Um, so I, there is a learning curve. I think the biggest benefit he has, obviously, he's a, uh, you know an excellent football coach, and he's going to a school that he's very familiar with. I know he's been a, away from Oklahoma for a long time, but you still understand kind of the, the inner workings and the backbone of it and the structure of the, the university, if you will. You know, maybe not where the team is at this exact moment, but how the university works as a whole. And so I think when you understand that, that takes a little bit of pressure off you uh, or not really. Pre- I shouldn't say pressure. The pressure is not going to change. It stems the learning curve because you understand what is going to be expected and how different things outside of football are going to work at the university. And moving over to Texas with Sark, there is second year with the Longhorns. Do you think they can push Oklahoma? I mean, obviously I think Oklahoma state, I want to not forget about them, but especially that story to me in Texas is interesting with Sark with all the stories of how difficult the boosters are. And I lived in Austin for 12 years and I know some of the boosters and that's a difficult place. I, just from what I've heard. Do you feel like I, I, I've never Oklahoma been there, but I've heard it. Yeah. Um, the, uh, I, I think, uh, listen, I think Sark's a really good football coach. Uh, known him for a long time. Thinks he does a great job. Uh, I think one of the bigger, biggest pressures that Texas has is, and it's interesting. I think a lot of kids, and maybe I'm wrong on this, you were there um, and living there, but a lot of kids in Texas want to go to Texas and you can't take everyone. And so, you know, you're always kind of upsetting people at all times by who you not, who you take, but who you don't take in recruiting. And so I think there's that fine balance of what you need in the state. And then, you know, should you go out of state? I mean, recruiting's become a national business now. I mean, kids, kids leave and go all over the place. And so what's that fine balance to keep the alumni base happy uh, and to get the right kids in the program that fit you, fit the university, and you are trying to make everybody in the state happy and they love their football in Texas. Can they, can they push Oklahoma? Can they win the, the conference? You know what? I, I think it's pretty wide open. You know, I think Dylan Gabriel, you know, Quinn Ewers coming in. I know he's highly recruited. Um, you know, he's got to now he's got to get a parking. You yeah, know, yeah, I got towed. NIL deal. <laughs> I mean, I, I get they gave him all these fancy cars or something, maybe, and as an NIL deals, right? But now he's got to go get parking for him. Uh, the uh, no, I 
I think being a younger guy, Dylan Gabriel's a veteran guy is going to understand the system uh, and make plays. I, the team to me that's going to be, you know, hard to beat, I think, in the league is going to be Oklahoma State with their quarterback back and, and the talent they have back. I think they're going to be tough to beat. I don't want to. I just want to say I don't want to forget Baylor because everybody in Waco is going to be messaging me going, "You suck! You didn't bring up Baylor." Talking to me, not you, coach. Me. They love to find reasons I suck, and they love to tell me. So I just want to say out loud, Baylor's also good. It's going to be interesting. I think they're playing BYU this weekend. That'll be a. Well, you know what? That's an interesting deal because BYU is a team that I think has an unbelievable path through the season. If if BYU runs the table this year you're going to have a hard time keeping them out of the playoffs. Uh, they get Notre Dame, Baylor, Oregon. Uh, you know, I mean. that We have to a, go there. Arkansas is going to Provo to play BYU this year. Arkansas. So, I mean, if you think they have a team that a lot of people are favored with Baylor to, to win, in the, to get a Big 12 win. Possibly a lot of people like Oregon to win the Pac-12 as a, as a contender. They'd have that win. Notre Dame's a national power. Arkansas is a team that a lot of people are top 25 team. I mean, so it's this interesting run, uh, you know, that, that that's such a big game and it could really launch BYU into a special season. Um, again, I mean, we're going to get more Baylor people hating on us right now. <laughs> we brought up Baylor, we went right to BYU, but um, you know, I, I don't know, but I, I don't, I think Baylor, when you look at them last year, did every, all the little things, huge turnover ratio, you know, in their favor. They did a lot of things that you need to do to win at football. Um, not that Dave Rand is not coaching. They're not, don't expect them to be well coached to do the same thing. But if all those little things don't work out, do they have the talent to go compete with, with Texas, Oklahoma State, and Oklahoma? I'm not sure if they don't, don't play perfect football. I hope everybody listening goes and follows Coach. It's uh, at Coach Dan Mullen on Instagram. A great follow. Just <laughs> Especially because. the Baylor fans right now, right? Yeah, they're all unfollowing you or they're now uh, harassing you online. But, Coach, <laughs> I'm a massive fan myself, and thank you for the time, and good luck, and keep crushing on ESPN. Thanks. I appreciate it. Great to be with you. Have a great day. Thanks, Coach. All right. We'll see you. Thanks to Coach Mullen for coming on. That's it. I think we're all just going to – I think we're just going to all blow. Let's do it. You know what I mean? So we'll see you next week. <laughs> Um, I believe if we're looking at next week, if we're speculating who the guests will be, Mike, on next week's, we will have probably, if we're able to do it Monday, Jordan Davis is going to come in cool. and talk about LSU, and he'll just be one of the whistlers. He'll cool. be with us. Nice. Is he a Saints fan too? Uh, probably. I would he's, think he's a, so. Yeah, Jordan Davis, who has uh, buy dirt. Because mm. if you got a little money, buy dirt. And then if you got to <laughs> wash your hands, if you buy dirt. Hey, when we play golf, Bobby sings this in front of Jordan Oh, Davis. I don't stop singing it the whole time. <laughs> he's like one of my friends. And so you can like, you know, if we were just kind of friends, I wouldn't do that. But when you you can really like razz and try to get under people's skin. Yeah. Bye, dirt. Does it get to him or no? <laughs> no, no, he just laughs. No. He's just the nicest guy. Okay. He puts his head down and just laughs. So he'll be in... <laughs> Anybody on Ed Warder. and Ed Warder speaking of the Cowboys? Nice, more Cowboys from, from ESPN. <laughs> Let's keep talking. Um, on the on the docket though, Ricky Williams coming up next few weeks. That's amazing. Rich Eisen, yeah, coming up Big in the next time. few weeks. Um, Jay Glazer, Jay Glazer, on the way. Awesome. So we, we got a lot. We appreciate you guys. Please share and please go subscribe to Twenty Five Whistles. If you're listening to this in the Bobby Bone Show feed, we're not always going to be up on this feed. So please go subscribe to our actual feed. 
And we, we'd really appreciate that. Thanks to DraftKings. Thanks to Kickoff Kevin, Eddie, Mike. Great job. Great show today. Reed. I would let Reed blow my whistle, but that's great. We should let Reed blow the, blow the yeah, He needs whistle. his own whistle. But he needs He's his own not whistle. touching my whistle. Yeah, that's true. We'll blow yeah. it in your honor, Reed. <laughs> <laughs> it's for you, Reed. All right. And that's the end of the show. One, two, three. <laughs> See you next week, everybody. Theme song written by me, Bobby Bones, and performed by Brandon Ray. Brandon's an awesome artist. Follow Brandon on socials at Brandon Ray Music. Thanks to our guests and thanks to our crew. My co-host, Adam Hambrick, at Adam Hambrick. Our segment producer, at Kickoff Kevin. Our video producer, at Producer Eddie. Head producer, at Mike Distro. Most importantly, thank you for listening. I'm Bobby Bones, and we will talk to you next week on 25 Whistles. <laughs>